Greetings and salutations, my fellow geeks, and welcome to episode 25 of the Okie Geek Podcast. I'm Michael Cross. I'm Josh Unruh. I'm Nikki Robinson. I'm Devin Green. And so we took a week off to celebrate Thanksgiving. Did everyone have a good time? We did. Did you, did you do anything geeky? Yeah, I watched most of Jessica Jones. Oh, see, I haven't. I've only gotten one episode in. I, dro- I dropped the kid off at Grandma and Grandpa's, and then watched the super not friendly to children Marvel show. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Don't, don't, awesome. don't, 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 don't Me and know. my children watched Ghostbusters. I think we're gonna make it a nice. tradition to watch, to do Thanksgiving and watch Ghostbusters. Great tradition. Um, yeah. We watched all of Man in the High Castle. Yeah, I do want yeah, to see that one too. All of it. I've been reading Star Wars like crazy, so I can get ready for the new movie that's coming out. No. So I've got two books to read. There's in a the movie next two coming weeks. out. Yes. <laughs> Wait. I'm so excited. How did I not hear about the Star Wars movie? Right? That's weird. In no. this room? Yeah. yeah. How could we have missed that? Now, we're going to talk about Star Wars because this week we are bringing in another guest from the Adventure District in Oklahoma City. Becca Bornstein is science editor uh, or educator at the Science Museum of Oklahoma adjacent to the Oklahoma City Zoo. Becca, welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you for having me. And now... I understand this Friday, December 11th, the museum is holding a special event for fans of Star Wars. What's going on? Yeah, it's our Star Wars Science Overnight, and this is a really special opportunity for people who love Star Wars or just love to hang out at science museums. Uh, We're going to invite people to come on in for the evening. We'll have some of the normal things like our uh, live science show and the planetarium show, but we'll also have uh, a lot of really awesome hands-on Star Wars science activities and experiments. Some special guests will be in the building that you can take pictures with and get to meet. Is it Mark Hamill? Uh, unfortunately <laughs> not. I wish Especially we're not quite so. that big, um, but it's going to be a really great time. And then you get to spend the night in the museum, bring your sleeping bags, camp out, and then we'll feed you breakfast before you go home in the morning. Now you said we could sleep in the mouth. Yes. With the teeth at the science you museum. You can. Can you sleep anywhere? Um, almost anywhere. We almost. do have a few rules, but I won't bore you with those right now. <laughs> I'll let you just imagine that you can you sleep were. in the coolest places you can live in the museum. Is there a flight simulator there? there can you, oh, can you sleep in the shuttle? Planetarium. Yeah, you, sleeping over under the planets by the planetarium is pretty popular. I believe that. I you might want planetarium. to mention the rules to us because I feel <laughs> yeah. like we are exactly the people that would... <laughs> That would find them by accident. Like, mm-hmm. how did you get up there? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, See, you cannot the sleep up there. Up there. Part, yeah, yeah. not up, up in the treehouse. That's usually one of the rules. But you can sleep under the treehouse. Oh, man, I was just going to sleep on the treehouse. Can you sleep on the big table with the big chairs? You can sleep, well. Or under them? That's on the second floor. Oh, you, you can't, can't keep the everyone on the first floor. Right. You can go back to the second floor in the morning and can get Can I eat all breakfast con- there? <laughs> <laughs> sure, if you want to. Sweet. Oh, I'm. that's amazing. Yeah. I just want to eat giant breakfast on a giant table. <laughs> on the table. giant table. <laughs> that, so uh, now, I, uh, why, what about costumes? Can, can people wear costumes? That's usually what I think we about. We strongly encourage costumes. I know I will be dressed up and all of my staff will be dressed up. And we're hoping that the vast majority of people coming in the door will also be dressed up as someone, something or another. Uh, you can get as creative as you want. Um, it should be... A great opportunity for some photos. Are lightsabers allowed? Oh, yeah. I feel like this is an easy cosplay, right? It's an overnight, <laughs> yeah. so I'll just wear my bathrobe <laughs> and be <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah, that works. I'm done. I Thank wonder you. how many uh, lightsaber battles will be done by the planets. Oh, see? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you've got an automatic set yeah. <laughs> right there. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so what are some of the activities you guys have planned? 
Uh, we have a few really fun things. I don't want to give them all away, but right. we are going to be like making some little hovercrafts and then maybe just maybe you can ride a big hovercraft uh, oh, while you're there. Awkward. We'll kind of pull you around. It should be pretty awesome. Um, we're going to be making little mini lightsabers, of course, and um, then taking it a step farther and you can actually do some light painting with your mini lightsabers <gasps> and kind of see the uh, lines of your force that oh, you're channeling awesome. afterwards. <laughs> That does um, sound, that sounds super cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now the activities are primarily for the children. Um, they don't <laughs> have to. Be. Okay, Josh. The, oh, I was going to point out the the that Devin is the one who asked that, and that it was just this sort of right. This is where I'm going to bring my journalistic integrity. So that people don't realize I want to know how many of the things I get to do. Exactly. <laughs> right. I know. Exactly. I know. Yeah. I mean, we, Bingo. We, we do have a participant rate, which is generally children. But if you're just a couple of adults that want to come and enjoy the museum, like uh, with friends or anything like that, you're certainly welcome to. Uh, the participant rate is just because we know that you'll be using up supplies and we want to make sure we have enough for you. Okay, I'm in. All right. And I, I do understand, though, this, this is also not just for fun. There is an educational aspect to that. So talk oh, yeah. to us about what, what, what we're talking about when we're talking about an educational aspect to this. So we're wanting to um, really delve into some of the science behind things that you might um, have observed from watching Star Wars movies. So like this morning, uh, I took some liquid nitrogen on News 9 and uh, we dunked some roses in it. And do you guys have any idea what would happen after you dunk roses in liquid nitrogen? It's not going to stay a rose for very much longer. It, it shatters. Yeah, it shatters. And uh, so we use experiments like that. We'll have flowers and a number of other things that people can freeze in liquid nitrogen and smash them and kind of see how they respond to uh, do a tie-in to cryogenics yeah. and um, connecting that to how Han Solo might have actually survived being frozen in carbonite and where is cryogenics right now for us and what kind of advancements do we need to make to get to that point where we could actually freeze someone and reanimate them later. One of the things I have to say is that frozen rose technique is like one of the most beautiful things it really <laughs> is. in science yeah. because when that flower shatters it mm -hmm. is just like majestic i don't even know how else to explain but as it's long as you keep mess. it in that as long as you don't break it and uh, as, as long as han survives the freezing process <laughs> it can stay that rose for you until it until it thaws out it can thaw out the challenge that we face yeah is because when you have water freezing it expands and crystals, crystals are forms and that destroys cells so. and so that's the problem that we're dealing with right now and trying to figure out how to preserve tissues like even for organ transplants is how do you cool um, organic matter down without destroying the cells so that's something that uh, there's a lot of research going on with right now, and uh, we'll get to kind of experience that firsthand at the museum. And I also understood there was a, a little bit of a... I, I, you, you mentioned the midi-chlorians to a, a Star Wars fan, and they kind of cringe, but you'd actually I understand that there are kind of a, a real-world aspect to what are called midi-chlorians in the science realm. Is that right? Yeah, so if, if you're going to pay attention to midi-chlorians, even though they're really just that one mention and um <laughs> if you're going to every star wars yeah you're going to acknowledge the to whistle past but if you had to make a comparison so uh, there's these little teeny tiny things inside of living cells mm -hmm. that help to um 
get you in touch with the force, that help you to access the force, that help you to be in touch with that energy. Um, we can make a connection to little tiny things that we have in our cells, mitochondria, that help to provide energy for us. And um, the story of how mitochondria came about is really interesting on its own. Um, a lot of scientists think that they used to be a type of bacteria uh, that were basically incorporated into animal cells at one point and also plant cells. And because they can produce their own energy, they were then able to produce energy that could be utilized by the cells that sucked them up. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of um, not exactly the same thing, but a way to help us understand a concept in the Star Wars universe by looking at something similar that takes place that we can actually study in our own. And the mitochondria, if I remember correctly from my science school, they, could, they can go in between cells. They go from cell to cell to cell and, and kind of help there's usually a population within each cell. They have mm. their own mitochondria, um, but there's lots and lots of them. And if you have problems with your mitochondria, you can have uh, like diseases that specifically affect mitochondria, um, then that can cause a lot of trouble for your body. I don't want that disease. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I, well, first of all, I just think this is an absolutely wonderful way to get children engaged in science education. Mm -hmm. I mean, a great way to turn them on is to, you know, find something they enjoy and mm -hmm. then tie it in with the educational aspect of it. Um, how do you guys come up with, you know, is there is there a team at, at the Science Museum that thinks of, you know, a popular, because um, I know you've done some past things with like Hunger Games mm -hmm. and things like that. Um, how do you guys come up with the, with the ideas for the experiments, for the, um, you know, the explanations and, and just the activities in general to, you know, to kind of put together a huge event like this. Well, it helps that we're all really big nerds. And so we're always um, watching all the movies, reading all the books as they come out. And uh, we kind of just bounce ideas off each other all the time. Like, well, wouldn't it be cool if we tried this or if we had a Harry Potter event and we did that? And um, it's kind of just an ongoing dialogue that we have. But if we decide that we want to do a particular event, um, we'll usually sit down and kind of lay out some possible ideas. And um, we kind of try not to limit ourselves, say, what could we possibly do here? What's a way that we can um, take something from this movie or this show or this book and uh, turn it into a way that... Um, kids and adults can really learn something, learn some, some tangible science by playing with us. Because that's kind of um, the basis for all of the education that we do at the museum, whether it's through our educational programs or just from visiting the museum. Everyone gets to learn through hands-on exploration and discovery and play because that's how kids learn best anyway. Adults actually learn yeah. a lot better that way too. <laughs> Anyone who sat through a lot of college lectures might have preferred to be out like just messing around with stuff, taking things apart. Yeah, the lab was always much more fun than the actual yes. class. Yes. Yeah, so we try and always be like that lab. And so we will have our Star Wars lab where um, maybe you're making parachutes and throwing them off our second floor down to the first floor uh, or designing your hovercraft or um, making swamp ooze or something like that <laughs> with us. And what we find is that the kids will learn a lot of these science concepts and they'll have a better understanding of polymers or of Bernoulli's principle just from tinkering and playing around on their own. And then we can kind of follow up 
their exploration with um, a solidified explanation of what was going on, and they get it. It just clicks with them, and then they can go home and be like, guess what I learned today? Guess right. what they did at the museum? And it's a lot of fun for us, too. Of course. I, I, you basically have, you know, the best job ever. It, it's pretty, pretty fantastic. <laughs> yeah. How long did it take you to put all these things together? Yeah. Um, again, it's kind of been an ongoing process. Uh, we've done Star Wars events in the past, so there's some ideas that um, we've been playing around with for years and years. I've been working on uh, the Star Wars activities for the last couple of months, but um, most intensely in the last month because we had uh, five other totally different events, uh, mm-hmm. overnight events at the museum prior to this one. So this is the last one of the year, so it should be kind of a fun way to wrap up all the other fun things we did, whether it was Hunger Games or uh, we did events for Scouts as well. Right, yeah. So we've done a lot this year. So if if someone has attended prior uh, Star Wars events, what can they look forward to? What what new what new things without giving too much away? Again, what what new things can they look forward to? Uh, I do know that we are going to have a special guest uh, coming that we haven't had before that can help um, make a tie-in with something that we see a lot in the series. Um, There's a lot of uh, people getting limbs cut off, uh, you might have noticed, Um, (laughs) in one way or another. Borderline theme of the piece. Yeah, Yeah. so there's there's a lot of that happening, and um, when that happens, they usually don't have to go very long missing a limb because they get fitted with some cybernetic enhancements, um, prosthetic limbs uh, sometimes that allow them to do things that are uh, even greater than what they could do with their boring human limbs or whatever it might be. (laughs) And so uh, we'll have an opportunity to uh, learn a bit about uh, prosthetic technology that we are using right now in Oklahoma. That is really cool. Which Uh, has been advancing, actually, in the past few years has been amazing advances in prosthetics. Yeah. And And the costs have gone down so much Mm -hmm. with 3D printing and everything. Yeah. That's really interesting. I'm so totally stoked Mm -hmm. now. Yeah. I was sold before. As if you weren't (laughs) before. (laughs) Yeah, we have a 3D printer at the museum. You that, do? Yeah, it's in our tinkering space, oh, and we have been having such a blast starting to experiment with that and create things that, uh, I think right now we have a pterodactyl puzzle that kids can come in and put together, and it was 3D printed, oh, and, and wow. it's just one of the things that That's they have in there right awesome. now. Awesome. I want a 3D printer so bad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> As do we all. Yes. Yeah. yeah, but I will probably get one. Well, all right. Yeah. I actually, you can come over and, I and we'll all come over the 3D house. printer the same way that I do a pool, where I don't actually want one, but I want my friends to have one. <laughs> yeah. That's my, yeah. I will probably get one, and I'll make all sorts of video game stuff. It's going to be great. Timeshare. Right? Timeshare. Like, you yeah. have an hour for 20 bucks. Mm-hmm. Knock yourself out. There Sounds like go. a good thing. I think that 3D printer would be really great for cosplay. Right? Uh, That's yeah. what I was thinking. Yeah. 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 Cosplay would be fantastic. Yeah, it's it's transformed the world of cosplay, I would think. Yeah. So, what what are some of the fun things that you guys have printed with the three D printer? Um, other do you than play with it on your own time? I haven't yet. I'm hoping to go in and do <laughs> a three D printer training soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have a, a laser cutter that in our tinkering space, and you so know, we've yeah. started doing some trainings to uh, get more staff comfortable with using uh, those really awesome. I um, volunteer technologies. Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> um, we've. Uh, been using the laser cutter to um, make 
signs and name tags for all around the building. So a lot of people have these uh, really awesome Fancy. cardboard laser cut name tags that look <laughs> so much paints. cooler than, <laughs> that. than like fancy awesome. name tags yeah. because they're on cardboard and yeah. look really cool. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. there, were, there were definitely some dinosaurs that were cut out. Um, and the coolest thing is when they can have moving parts. So like mm-hmm. a head that can articulate or you can make the tail like swing yeah. back and forth. Um, or have you seen those, uh, their heart puzzles? And you can actually like turn it completely inside mm-hmm. out and yeah. the pieces move past each other. And it's, it's, it looks like one solid piece, oh, but wow. it's completely movable. It's really interesting. Very cool. That's cool what awesome. they can do with those. What, I do want to get back to the, the Star Wars things, but first, I, mm-hmm. what else is going on at, at the at the? Like uh, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I stopped myself. The Oklahoma <laughs> Science Museum. Uh, we do also have uh, a few fun things going on over winter break. Um, so just a couple weeks after our science overnight, we've got winter break camp coming up from December 28th through December 31st. So that's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And each day of camp is going to be a different theme. And you can sign up for each day individually or all four days. Um, I'll just tell you some of the themes that we have yeah. on Monday. We're doing build and destroy, which sounds really cool, uh, right? Yeah. You want to come mm-hmm. to that one? Yeah. Uh, well, you can't because it's for kids, but um, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm telling you. Well, you I'm can't. telling you. So too bad. Ageist. Yeah. But if you, have, if you have a first through third grader or a fourth oh, through sixth oh, grader. I, yep. I have yeah. a 10-year-old. So <laughs> you yep. can bring one of those. Yeah. And I, can, I can borrow You one. can borrow them. You can borrow them. Okay. Okay. (laughs) And unlike the overnights where we want the whole family to stay, the camps are for you to drop off your kid and Mm -hmm. go do whatever you need to do, sleep or something. Yeah. Um, But yeah, on Monday, we'll be uh, taking things apart, maybe putting them back together in a really weird configuration. Um, Reconstruction. Yeah. Rube Goldberg machines, things like that. Oh. Yeah. Always a good time. They've been doing, my son's been doing Rube Goldberg machines in his kind of advanced class this week. Nice. And it was, yeah, it was quite a thing when I was like, so what'd you do today? And he was like, do you know who Rube Goldberg is? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> um, yeah. Not, not personally. You? But yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, oh, that's that so fun. Yeah, so that, I think Monday is going to be really exciting, but if you can hang in past Monday, um, we are kind of sticking with the theme of winter, and so uh, we'll be doing frozen fossils on Tuesday, and uh, we're going to be learning about uh, some cave painting and actually making our own paints by like crushing up like berries and things oh, like wow. that, and then wow. um, cool. seeing how some of those pigments were uh, first manufactured and um, doing other explorations of the skeletal system, uh, making some casts of like dinosaur bones and things like that so it'll be kind of a fun day and uh, Wednesday is all about really really cold science so more of that liquid nitrogen will definitely be featured Um, we'll be making things like instant snow uh, which is kind of a fun party trick and um I don't know if you guys have ever used dry ice to do uh, fun things before, Mm -hmm. too. We like to use it specifically to make giant bubbles that have, like, ghosts inside of them. And you pop the bubble and the ghost goes ever. It's really cool. Very, very cool. And then then on Thursday, since that is New Year's Eve, we want everyone to get really jazzed for New Year's Eve by uh, exploring explosions and fire. So <laughs> we'll be making like like yeah. rainbow fire and maybe dissecting some simple fireworks and seeing what the insides look like and cool. otherwise cool. yeah. making yeah. things explode. So 
going to be a, a really fun four days of camp. Yeah, these are really good for, for like parents who have to work, but their kids are basically taking that week yeah. off from, from school. So yeah. it gives them something to do. Mm-hmm. The yeah, science I, live show that blew stuff up was a like, highlight of my life. Sure. We do time. still have that one. We actually have two shows. Uh, we also have a show that's all about the forces. And that one is, yeah, um, yeah that, that one is the one we'll have at our Star Wars overnight because it's teaching you how right. to use Absolutely. the forces. Yeah. It's perfect. Right? Um, but... The kids will get to see uh, the explosion show on explosion day for sure. So uh, that'll be a lot of fun. I have been allowed to hold explosive things in my hand at the, yeah, during the explosion show. They picked you? Well, it was one of those days (laughs) we were talking about before the show. Like it was one of those days where I was like, nobody's going to be there. Let's go. (laughs) And yeah, it was like a. So there weren't any other five choices. Of us. Yeah. There were like five of us, and the kids weren't going for it. Like, they'd uh-huh. already blown some stuff up, and the kids were like, I'm not holding on to that. <laughs> I'm not touching that. Well, that was very brave of you. And you're like, you're still here. <laughs> very brave. So, so the how boy much... pushed me. You go hold on to the explosion. <laughs> <laughs> how much is the camps? So the camps are $45 a day if you're a museum member, mm-hmm. 50 if you're not a member. And um, they're running pretty much all day long. So uh, 9 to 4 is the normal time for camp. We can also do an hour of aftercare where they're just uh, getting to explore parts of the museum. But the majority of our programs are going to be focused on doing uh, activities in our classroom getting the kids up close and personal with uh, some things that they might not get to engage with in school, like fire and Mm -hmm. maybe um, building and taking apart uh, really cool electronics. So it should be uh, a really great week to bring your kids. I absolutely love this week thing because a lot of things that you mentioned, I actually did as a kid, but I grew out in the country, grew up out in the country. And so these are a lot of things city kids don't really get to do. Like I used to crush berries and make my own paint Mm -hmm. because I was weird. And like (laughs) dissecting fireworks was another thing because out in the country you can do that. (laughs) That was a thing that you could do. It's just less, it's not... The laws are the same. It's just much less supervision. <laughs> I didn't have any supervision growing up. It was like, <laughs> there's five acres. Don't come in until dinner time. So that's just something that I think is great. Those are things my kids don't get to do. Yeah, and then there's so many kids that aren't really allowed to be messy and to break things yes. and, and see what the parts look like I on the inside, so. and, and we so. encourage that. <laughs> so. Well, and in a nice, safe, controlled exactly. environment, which, right. is, yeah. which, which is wonderful. It's something I didn't have, so yeah. Yeah. See, I have a few scars to, <laughs> to show for All them, ten fingers and ten toes. Instead yeah. of destroying your mom's toaster, you can come destroy one of ours. Right, yeah, exactly, yeah. or, you know, the old truck. But (laughs) what? Anyways, I didn't do that. It was still Jamie. Jamie did that. (laughs) But if you don't incriminate yourself on (laughs) that. So, how do you sign up for the camps Mm -hmm. for membership, et cetera? You mentioned um, being a member. Um, I'm assuming all of this is available on the website. Yes, you can go to sciencemuseumok.org, or uh, you can call our reservations number, which is 602-3760, and um, they can help you get signed up for our science overnights, for the camps. They can give you any general information about um, other things that are going on at the museum. So uh, that's kind of a, a really good way to get a hold of us. You can also follow our social media pages. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And um, we post uh, things that are going on in the museum on there frequently as well. And the biggest thing is you know, becoming a member is one of the best ways to find out any information. And becoming a member has a whole lot of 
just really good. Talk mm -hmm. to us about what you get when you become a member of the Science Museum of Oklahoma. So the biggest benefit to becoming a member is not having to pay admission every time you come. Mm -hmm. And uh, memberships are great because, especially if you have a family, it will pay for itself on like your second visit. Um, so it's just, if you're planning on coming back even a second time during the year, it's worth it to get a membership. And you then uh, get discounts on basically all of our programs. We always have a member discount for uh, the events that we're doing. Uh, you get the member email newsletter, so you do know about things that are going on at the museum, sometimes before everybody else does. And um, it's just a, a really great way to be involved. We uh, sometimes have member appreciation nights as well that are just for um, those people who've chosen to be a part of our museum community like that. One really uh, pleasant surprise when we were members was the kind of network of children's museums that we also had yes. access to. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. Oklahoma Museum Network. And you can purchase an add-on to a museum membership. It's, it's very cheap. Um, and it will basically get you access to those other partner museums, including like the Jasmine Moran mm -hmm. Children's mm -hmm. Museum and Seminole and um, Leonardo's Discovery Warehouse, Great Plains Museum and the Discovery Lab in Tulsa. So. And wasn't it also you also get, uh, you can go to museums at other parts, there's other places in the country, wasn't there? That, that yeah, was... and the Aztec museums. So, yeah, um, that's yes. Yeah, yeah, you can, uh, with your uh, SMO membership, you can get into, I mean, it's just, it's tons and tons of museums. Um, I got into the uh, Denver Museum of Nature and Science when I went yeah. to visit there, which is a beautiful museum, and and it was so nice to be able to go in and I'm a part of this museum community, and yeah. then and then you get admission to those other places as well. You're you're basically a member to science to museums across the yeah. country. You just feel pride if nothing else. That you, you know, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've done my part to 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 show my support for these kinds of museums, which you know we need to do more of. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Absolutely. And then you can spend more in their gift shops because you didn't pay admission. So. <laughs> right? <laughs> there you go. More souvenirs. Yeah. yeah. I have plenty of shelf space. <laughs> they have some cool stuff in the gift shop. Oh, yeah. Oh, the, the, oh my God. I could like, <laughs> spend my whole paycheck on science experiment kits. Yep. My daughter is a huge, huge fan of the brain. And one of the things I found in their science shop was a actual model of the brain mm -hmm. that like was mm -hmm. rubbery and she could dissect it. And awesome. she knows all the parts of the brain. There, there was a um, YouTube video called Ode to the Brain, and she listens to that all the time. That's fantastic. She loves the brain. It's great, but these are the moments when your children become delightfully creepy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's like, she actually got to touch Brains. a brain one time. She's touched a brain. That was the that's the highlight of her seven years so far. That's fantastic. It's a pretty fun experience. Yeah, yeah. I hope she does not lose that passion. I know. Because so we need more women in STEM. Did yeah. you did you freak her out and be like, I grew up in the country. I ate brains. <laughs> Wait, did you? We made soup out of it. No. Oh. Uh -huh. no. <laughs> no, I know. I know. We we, we no. No? No. I did no. eat cow tongue. That's about the weirdest thing I've okay. eaten. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> All right, so how... Thing. Oh. So how excited are you for Star Wars? I am extremely excited. I mean, you guys were talking about what you did to geek out over Thanksgiving break. Oh, yeah. and, um, <laughs> yeah. I, I marathoned all six of the Star Wars nice. movies over break, which was awesome. Uh, kind of getting really excited. Actually, recently heard about the proper way to marathon all six movies. Oh, really? Is the, machete it the machete yeah. method? Is yeah, the, the machete, machete methods. Okay, in so you, of course, you guys me. would know. <laughs> it was <laughs> it was why I let my child see the prequels. I was like, yeah. well, I'll give this one a shot. No, tell it me. Worked so, out. 
Yeah. yeah. Uh, first of all, you skip episode one because yeah. absolutely nothing important happens in episode one. <laughs> Don't need it. Fair enough. Uh, Fair enough. Okay, wait. So it's it's um four, basically four, five, five Two, three, six. I mean, right. you can watch one if you really want no, to get don't. through them all. You but you, yeah, but you, you don't, don't have to. Yeah, I mean, we actually did. We did. We'd go to go back to one. But the the idea what, is, because you love lost it. a bet, or you hate no, yourself. My, a my wife bit, loves or? Phantom Menace. She loves she loves Jar Jar. She's weird. <laughs> she loves, um, she's the one. She loves no, Jar Jar. Exactly. Yes. Turn one. George Lucas. That's right. And well, then the idea is that four. You know, you get story of Luke, and then you find out at five that. Anik or Darth Vader is Anakin Skywalker. So you go back and find out who this Anakin Skywalker right. character is. And then once you get through three, then you go back to six to, yeah. to watch, to, to, to close it all out. Which yeah. Return of the Jedi, which let's be honest, the weakest link before there were prequels. It's not bad. It's just the weakest of the three. Yeah. And it looks like Shakespeare. Yeah. Compared after to the prequels. Yeah. coming yes. in yeah. from the prequels. I mean, yeah, it looks true. like Citizen Kane. Yes. Yes. And comparison. it really does so. just make, make it better. And, uh, you know, the funny thing was, uh, my my wife again, who didn't really, she she'd watched the movies, but she wasn't really into it that much. The changes that were made with George Lucas when uh, he put in uh, put in uh, Christian Hayden uh, Christian Hayden Hayden Christensen. Thank you, Hayden. Yeah, Hayden Christensen. Christian comma Haydenson. At the at the end oh. of um, the Return of the Jedi, right. everyone else hated, but for my wife, when she saw this for the first time, really kind of watching all of, and he appeared. This was the Anakin that she'd own. This is the only Anakin she had known. Mm -hmm. So when she when he appeared, she gasped, and she was so excited to see him really? as part of the force. And I was like, <gasps> "That's why Lucas did it for all those people who don't remember back when this guy that we only saw for five seconds, mm -hmm. you know, tell sister you were right. Yeah. This is the guy that everyone knew as Anakin Skywalker. And when he appears as the young man who we all knew as the Jedi appears, it makes it special and it makes mm -hmm. it wonderful. So uh, that's I. I, I applaud Lucas for doing that now. <laughs> also, probably the finest acting he delivered in a Star Wars film. Yes. He doesn't say anything at all. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Stand still. <laughs> don't talk. It also helps Nailed that it's it. not Lucas's <laughs> writing. I mean, his his prequel writing there is, is so. I don't have. Yeah. I, I'll talk. Yeah. We don't have to go there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so machete order. Yeah. Yes. yes. If you okay. must. Why is machete it, order? Why machete? Why is it called machete? Because you trust it. No, no, no. Hard. I think. I want to say that it was like a movie site. Movie machete. I, I think or I think it, like I think you're right. It, yeah. Although it does seem like it should be because of the way you do it. Chip I think it. it was like machete. But I think it's like ma the movie machete. machete com yeah, had came up with that idea, okay. and so it's named after the website that created it. Although I think it's cool the idea that you just chop it up and you except know. then it would be the lightsaber. Yeah, method, it should be. I think, light I think it ruins it. it light machete. I, I'll have to try it. I'll, I'll give it a shot. Ahsoka I'll, has I'll, one of those. Maybe I'll do that, that this week before we. Before we get ready, Ahsoka is now carrying two white lightsabers because she's no, she's not actually a Jedi. That's what I understand. Ah, uh, really? in, in, in Rebels, this past season uh, show, she comes out and she's got two white lightsabers, and the reason she's carrying white is because she's not technically a Jedi and she's not technically a Sith. She's kind of she's somewhere neutral. in between. She's a, she's she's a force. Neutral. She's a force neutral that decided to carry white. In her. Huh. Also, bargain basement crystals. The colored ones cost a lot. Yeah. Guys. It's the Dollar General one. <laughs> the Dollar the General. General. Okay, I have to tell you this because I read this. I don't know if it's true, but apparently Ewan McGregor, when he was doing the prequels, kept on mimicking the lightsaber sounds when he was fighting. <laughs> <laughs> and George Lucas was like, you don't have to do that. We're going to put that in post. We're going to put it in. And man. he's like, sorry, I just get carried away. And he kept on doing I, it. I can see it. He's the right age for that. That's, he yeah. is the age. A, a, 
every flashlight I touch (laughs) until I turn probably 35. (laughs) I was going to say, you you still do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, no, I should say, what what year did the first prequel came out? That's when I stopped making lightsaber noises. So so 99. I'm back now. I'm back. I'm back. Right. For yeah. 16 years, he hasn't made this noise. Now, he, now he's ready. Now to I'm back. Well, and, and I, I, there's some old videos of the Star Wars in the A New Hope when they're running into the Millennium Falcon and they're they're firing. And of course, they couldn't see anything. So they're actually you can actually hear Leia and Han and Luke all going pew 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 pew. So it, it, it does. Yeah, it, it's hot and we're bored. Pew 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 pew. <laughs> I mean, it's a desert. It's not. I mean, it wasn't. Oh, I thought that I, was in reference to. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Sure. <laughs> but that's so it's it's not a, abnormal to see that. Anyway, Star Wars we're very excited about. Yes. Tell yeah. Oh, I am too. Yeah. No, we're all on the like same. Like I said, page. I've read I've read every I've read every book except for Tarkin. Uh, all since since Disney bought up and said that every book from coming out from A New Dawn on is all going to be canon and lead toward the new movie. I've been reading every one of them. I've got two more to read before the next two weeks. Battlefront and um, the the kids Return of the how Jedi version. Jedi? Um, uh, not okay. how to be a Jedi. I just finished reading that one. Yeah. It's um, beware beware the dark side. How to how to train your Jedi. Jedi. That sounds so neat because that's second person. He was telling me about it before the show, and it's second person. So you read as you're as if you're the character. The Aww. the the, uh, the children's the adaptation that just came out of empire strikes back called so you want to be a jedi is written in second person it says you are riding Weird. along hoth on your town tauntaun it's you it's 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 written huh. as in luke it's is a second person manual yeah it is and it is there every in, in between every chapter there are these little snippets on basically things you can do assignments you can do to better yourself to be a Jedi. And most of it, it's, it's just focusing yourself in the force. And actually, even there's some of them, the harder That's ones, they get people to throw things at you. So it sounds really fun. Very it is cool. It is a lot of fun. But I, I highly recommend this book. I just finished it. And right it's on. so good. Yay. Easy read for adults. And, and it's great for kids. So um, anyway, back to Star Wars uh, at the, the Science Museum of Oklahoma. What, uh, how much is this going to cost? Where, when is it going to happen? That kind of thing. So it's next Friday, December 11th, and it's going to begin at uh, 6. That's when you can start arriving and checking in. We'll have the first uh, sort of uh, round of activities at 7 p.m., and it will go through 7.30 a.m. on Saturday morning. It is uh, $45 for um, a participant, unless you're a member, and then you get a discount, and it's $35. So um, pretty helpful there. Uh, Adults that are just coming along to chaperone are $25. And you can sign up um, by giving us a call at that reservations number. Um, I believe you can also sign up on our website as well. And um, we are uh, kind of getting more people every day. We definitely encourage people to sign up as soon as possible because we don't want to run out of space or anything. And we want to know that you're coming. So um, just get a hold of us. And is there a cap? I mean, are are you going to cap it at a certain number of people? Um, we'll have to see what our numbers look like. Like we were talking about earlier, the museum can hold a lot of people. So uh, we could we could have a pretty big event. Um, but you've only got so many spaces for people to, to for the activities and, mm-hmm. and you've only got so many people out there 
teaching and things like yeah, that. Yeah, and, so. and we're not taking people at the door. We do need everyone to pre-register just so that we can make sure that we know exactly how many people are coming and have enough supplies because, you know, we don't want anyone to not be able to make a lightsaber. We can't have something like that. We need to have stuff for everyone. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you're an adult and you're going to participate, just indicate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You actually get special wristbands do, as a participant. I want, I want to make a hovercraft. Yes. I need a lightsaber. I need you a can. lightsaber. What yeah. will the Science Museum of Oklahoma be doing to ensure that I go home able to move things with my mind? Yeah. <laughs> that's right. I, well, that's, all I uh, that's a very personal journey. Um, <laughs> I don't think I can really help you with that. It's a lot of focus. I've been yeah. trying nice to dodge. do that since the age nice of dodge. eight. Yeah. <laughs> Every time the remote control's on I the other side of the say, room, I'm trying to use the force you know, to bring no, it back. No, no, Every supermarket door. Mm-hmm. What kind of doors are there? Are they sliding glass doors? Because as soon as you walk out, once you leave. So. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah there, there is. It does do the wish thing. So yeah, yeah you can, you can wish. feel like super you can do force that on sensitive way out. doors. But yeah. we will teach you how to manipulate other forces, like the force of static electricity, and mm-hmm. use it to uh, basically force lightning other people. So you know, there, there are going to be yes. some abilities that you will have. <laughs> Teaching me dark evening. side powers, there acceptable. <laughs> there you go. So you want to be a Sith? Yeah, we're, exactly. we're, not, really, we're not really judging one way or another. <laughs> We're welcoming anyone. We're going to give you both choices. Yeah. Because <laughs> really, it is up to you. It is a choice. Yeah. Sure. It is not our qualities who make us who we are. It is our choices that make us who or we are. Or your Dumbledore. Midichlorians. I choose to shock people. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, and what, and what do you easy. need to bring? Although I'm sure this is on the website too what oh uh, well if you are going to come in costume definitely uh, bring that them. bring your props uh we hope that will happen um just generally for any overnight bring your sleeping gear so a lot of people bring sleeping bags um you can get fancy you can bring like cots or air mattresses uh we've occasionally even had tents uh, from people <laughs> that like really that. wanted to idea. get fancy um Obviously, don't bring anything super valuable like your china sets or like, you know, portable oven or anything like that. But um, things that you need to spend the night if you uh, want like toiletries or pillows or snacks are always a good idea to have. Um, We uh, are not providing dinner, so you'll want to eat before you come. We will feed you in the morning on your way out. Um, It's also a good idea to bring a change of clothes and a towel just because at the end of the evening, um, everyone gets to go into our new 21,000 square foot uh, area called Curiosity. And there is a water component to Curiosity. And depending on how much you like water, <laughs> you can get somewhere from not wet at all to completely soaking, dripping wet in there. So it's really cool. It's really fun. But yeah, yeah we do. Uh, we wouldn't want you to um, be in your costume dripping wet and right. not have another option. Well, as a fan of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, you always bring your towel. Exactly. Always bring yeah. your towel. So you should be prepared anyway. And has anyone brought the Tauntaun sleeping mag? I yeah. haven't yeah, seen so one, far. but I would be so excited. I would like insist that they <laughs> okay. stop if and let me take a picture. That, bring it. Yeah, yes. please. Yeah. It's got so the little just, lightsaber. Just so you say, I thought they smelled that on the outside. It's the coolest thing ever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I love that they made it on an April Fool's joke, and then there yeah. was such demand for it, they made it. The internet screamed, for real. take my money. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And Think Geek was like, all right, all right, okay. we'll do it. Okay. I guess so. So, uh, so just real quickly, what uh, what else has uh, the Science Museum of Oklahoma got coming up for 2016? Oh, first off, what yeah. movies are you guys showing right now in, in the Dome? Yeah. Uh, we actually do not have our Dome Theater anymore. That was shut down after Labor Day. Oh. Um, so we're going to be converting that space into something new and exciting in the future. Um, 
don't have any details yet. So uh, no movies in there right now, but um, we do still have our shows in the planetarium mm -hmm. and the science live uh, shows, which are included with your admission anytime that you come to the museum. And um, before we get into 2016, we actually have something else cool that's going on um, basically from now through New Year's. Mm -hmm. um, if you have ever seen that really uh, huge parlor car that's over in our area with the trains, uh, that's the oh, Pullman yeah. parlor car. And we do tours of it during certain times of the year, including over winter break. So you can actually go inside You're the parlor car. You're not just looking car. in the window. You can no, actually you go inside. Oh, yeah, you can go in. Yeah. And the guides will take you through wearing gloves. And it's a, a really detailed tour where you can actually get a whole lot of history of that parlor car. You can um, see uh, some of it's been refurbished, but some of it's uh, like original upholstery. Um, there's uh, just such an interesting story on... Um, how that parlor car was run and um, all the little details that you notice when you're on the inside of it. And it's just something that so many people have been coming to the museum for years and years and years and peering in the oh, windows sure, and had yeah. no idea you can actually go inside of it. So yeah, that's, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, it's very we we cool. got to do that. We were there once mm -hmm. during one of those times and went through there and it, oh, it great. was really cool. Yeah. I, I also just wonder if people were way shorter than me. Yeah. 60, 70 years ago, because looking at the at the bed sections, I'm like, mm -hmm. I don't fit there's in no this way. thing. I'm yeah, yeah, by a good by a fair margin. <laughs> it was a very nice way to travel, but um, not if you're uh, very tall, because you you just will not fit yeah. in those yeah. little tiny beds and even the low ceilings. Yeah, I walked through okay, but I was yeah. Any of the things, I was like mm -hmm. duck a little bit and looking at the beds, going not even if I cut myself off at the knees and yeah. <laughs> really curl up in the fetal position. Really right the fetal position, yeah. And then I just have to ask um, because I love the art gallery upstairs. Mm -hmm. What what do you have going on there through the end of the year? Um, what exhibit? Um, the art gallery is also in, in our gallery space is also sort of in transition uh, in preparation for the opening of our new entrance, which uh, is hopefully going to be about February. And so the galleries are right over by the new entrance space. And so oh. we've been doing a lot of construction over there. Um, uh, it's going to be an exhibition of uh, really detailed pictures of insects, uh, I believe. Mm. Uh, I've seen some of them and they look awesome. They're huge photos, um, beautiful iridescent beetles and, and things that, um, you know, from around the world that you might not otherwise be able to like even know exist. And you can walk up to these giant um, pictures of them and and really uh, get a sense of how incredible these insects are and uh, I believe there's also a um, actual mount of the insect next to the photo so oh, you can see the actual see. size hmm. what it looks like and then see the details blown up and um, we also have our cabinets of curiosity which is outside of curiosity <laughs> uh, also over by where the new entrance will be and um, if you guys are familiar with Cabinets of Curiosity, Wonder Common, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Yeah, they are, are beautiful. unspeakably um, cool. Mm -hmm. Like, I, yeah, I happened to get a chance to meet the artist and be at the opening. And yeah. if you haven't watched through it, please do. 
like don't miss the chance to yeah you could stand for a a good hour probably looking at all of the details in this mm -hmm. one little space and so there's um there's a lot of things that just haven't been put into place yet because we're finishing the new Mm. entrance but that'll be a a very exciting thing when it gets finalized and a brand new parking lot so uh, it'll be a a really exciting time to come back and visit the museum and you might not even recognize it if it's been a while so fantastic when when is all that supposed to be done the construction Uh, we're looking at february right now for um opening um we're also putting in a new glass elevator in the middle of the museum floor. So you'll be able to, uh, basically right next to the gravity tower. Um, so you'll be <laughs> so able to go yeah. from uh, the first to the second They're floor really easily. They're putting in a easily. Wonka Vader at the Oakland. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically right? what it is. Yeah. That's what I pretend every time I walk past it. <laughs> nice. So Wonka Vader. There's a lot of exciting um, renovations happening right now. Yeah, yeah it like you've got a lot going on. Yes. So. Very All right, cool. So what, do, what can we expect for 2016? Yeah. Oh, goodness. Um, we, I mean, we have more science overnights coming up um, and other evening events. Uh, we're doing a CSI event in March, which will be really awesome if you like to try and solve crimes, lift fingerprints, extract DNA, and stuff like that. Yes. Um, we'll also. <laughs> it's for the children, Nikki. For the children. No, I haven't. I haven't been in a few months, but is it going to incorporate the uh, the CSI? component that you guys have the the exhibit yeah you have an exhibit on csi right we yeah. used to have a uh, really neat yeah, CSI. We're out of touch. yeah you guys haven't been in a while i know um, yeah that uh, is no longer on display that was a collaboration with osbi and we still mm-hmm. work with them they're great um so we have some elements of uh, that exhibit still in the building they're just not on formal display so you know we'll, we'll be taking advantage of resources that we have for that evening and everyone will get to help solve a crime while they're there. Uh, It's a lot of fun. We've done CSI events before and they're always a blast. Um, We'll have spring break camps as well. Um, So just like winter break, we'll have different things that we're doing every day and a a great way to uh, entertain your kids while you're still at work. Um, We'll have uh, more overnight events. We do a lot with the scouting community. So um, we do badges for Boy Scouts and Cub Scouts and Girl Scouts, and we have different events for all of them. Um, We'll be doing many weeks of summer camp. And with the summer camps, they're going to be themed by the week. So uh, we're finalizing the details for those right now, but uh, you'll sign up for um, a tinkering camp or uh, an explosions camp, whatever it might be. And you'll uh, get to spend each of those five days doing lots of different activities, usually getting to um, maybe go to places in the building that the general public doesn't get to go. We've been known to throw things off the roof before (laughs) (laughs) just to see what happens. Destruction camp. Yeah, basically. This is how we break things. Yeah. For science. Of course. (laughs) You got to know how it works. You got to know how to to destroy it. It's just science, Mom. Got to take it apart. That's right. Yeah. And then people can find out more about that at sciencemuseumok.org. Yes. Yeah. We have um, a programs page where you can go and see camps and overnights and any other fun things that we have coming up. Uh, Space days in the spring. Um, We'll pull some artifacts out of our collections for that and uh, get to set off rockets and it's, yeah. a, it's always a blast. And I'll no see all the changes oh, that are going to be going yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> right on. That's wonderful. I, I didn't. All right. <laughs> Becca, thank you so very much for coming. Yeah, thank and you so much for having me. This was fun. And, and I, will you be at 
at well, yes, yes. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah, I'm always there. Right. Making sure. And listen, I don't set up these nerd activities so that I cannot be there. <laughs> exactly. Right. exactly. The whole point is to be there. Yeah. Right. Uh, I do, before we leave, I do want to talk, everyone, real quick about NaNoWriMo. <laughs> <laughs> we were taking, we were all taking part of the National yeah. Novel Writing Month. And, um, okay, I, I got about 20,000 words. Um, that was it for me. So that is twenty thousand percent more words than you wrote last year. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. and I fi- and I figured out what I need to do is uh, I, I'm going to spend a little bit more time doing. I I don't think I'm a pantser. I think that's my problem. I'm not a pantser. I have actually got to sit and do an outline. So, so you learned that about your. I mean, because we only learned about it what two weeks before it started. You ha- if you yeah oh, yeah yeah, yeah. And you, part you, of the moment. You have no process. Yeah. So now. You have the beginnings of a process. (laughs) So how did everyone else do? Josh, how did you do? I came in a little over 37,000 words. So I did not hit the 50,000 word mark, but I did finish a story that had not been finished for months and months and months. So I mean, total win. Um, I was really surprised that all 37,000 of those words were necessary to finish that story. I didn't think that it was that far away from done. Three different things, right? I had, well, I had lots of backups. Like I had... If I get to five things, I've got five things. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I just did one of them. Really surprised. So, yeah. so look forward to reading whatever it is you finish. Yeah. So make sure you edit that. And oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's at the very end of it. There is a note with the dates because uh, dead minimum six weeks before I'm allowed to look at it again. Like yeah. that's the wait until wait until January. That's the rules. At yeah. least, yeah. Nikki, how did you do? I kept out at like. I think it was 16,000. There you go. So 16, not terrible. 16,000 percent more than last year. I am starting to get back into it. I mean, I hadn't written in probably four or five years anything. Well, and then so. that's it. That's it's huge. I, that's, I, I mean, that's, that's yeah, it it's tremendous. It and it's exciting to be able to, I feel the same way. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I haven't been doing much writing outside of work. That's what I do is write. So it was really hard to go to the fiction. So it's great that you're, you're kind of yeah, going so, to go back to write. And it, I, I think it definitely will prompt me to write more throughout the year because mm-hmm. I'm back into it. I remember how much I enjoy it. And so it's like, you know, I, I should probably do this more yeah. often. And so I'm definitely going to keep on keeping that's, on. That's my takeaway, man. I, you know, it had been so long since I'd written. And it, like I, I, had, I had been suffering from writer's block, I, I suppose. But I mean, I just hadn't written anything that I had enjoyed and it was an enjoyable process. So um, together, Kevin and I actually did, I think, finish the 50,000 collect, like, but our goal was to do you had that to do much it separately. Separately, right, yeah. um, but together we actually did complete. But it's not it's not finished. Um, but I learned a lot about my husband and I uh, teamed up, and mm-hmm. so um, like we learned so much about working together. We learned so much that we worked well together, and more than anything, I got back to enjoying writing again. See, so that, that was me too. I, that is a And you found out you could partner win. well with your, your husband, right. which and some the, people can't do that. So yeah, that yeah was, I guarantee yeah. there's no way. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, I'm you saying, know, I, I, I am prepared shocked. to have beats dictated to me. Like, I, I think mm-hmm. I mentioned that I've told yeah. my wife that if she, I will write exactly the story she wants. If she tells me the beats, even characters, whatever she wants, we are not writing it together. <laughs> right. Right. We'll get a finished product after you give me that stuff, but there is no. Yeah, I will make it to order. Don't come look at my precious jewel. And yeah, no, you don't know. See, my wife and I think we'll be able to work together, but not in November. That's she's a teacher. See, there's, and, there's, oh my she's gosh. not going to be able to do anything in November. That's the other thing is mm-hmm. I I we have all, almost all of my family birthdays are November. 
you know, Thanksgiving. I mean, it's just so it's a ridiculous month to do this. I, and I that's think he did that on purpose. He absolutely did that on purpose. Like what that's is? that's the the um, oh, I, I had his name on the tip of my tongue. I mean, I've yeah. spoken with the him creator. On the phone. Of yeah. Um, what a jerk. Anyway, what yeah, a jerk. <laughs> I'm a horrible person. Um, but yeah, that was the deal because yeah. November's terrible, right? Because there is no actual good month to try and because write fifty thousand words. Is, yeah. yeah, there is yeah. no, there is no moment, there's no month that's so empty. You're like, this is the one where it'll be a piece yeah. of cake. Yeah. So you might as well just bite that off. And mm-hmm. I, and really, again, I just pick out, one of them. Most yeah. of the writers I know are massive introverts. So the excuse of leaving your family gatherings, Thanksgiving, yes. to go yeah. bang out a few thousand words is huge. I have to say that would have been a uh, that that should have been our. We, we should have left. <laughs> my husband's. Left. My husband's. I see. I love Thanksgiving. Gathering. I love spending the family. Rather so I, we we had a blast. Oh, so, it was, yeah. Um, it was, it was and also, way. there was a thing I understood that there was uh, somebody had written something about a, a NACO RIMO, which is National Comics Writing Month. Oh, I'm not surprised. The idea oh, that did not not just in, for November to write there's novels. There's a uh, yeah. screenwriting yeah. one too. Yeah. yeah so there's a poetry one. Yeah. Um, I know that. I mean, there's lots of spoofs on on NaNoWriMo. Sure. So, so yeah, I I would do it again. Yeah, I, I will do it. I, when we I will, will, I will do it again. again. Do it I learned November. so much in the process. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's definitely a learning experience. So. Hopefully, all our fans will hold our feet to the fire and make sure we write them. <laughs> right. We did have a, uh, a an email that came out. Yay. I don't know if anyone saw this. If I can find pull this you up again on heart. the. Um, this is from Chris Moore. Chris Moore is with uh, the Prairie Nerds podcast uh, up in Tulsa. And Chris Moore wrote, uh, Hello, Okie Geek Podcast. I've been checking out the fictional history of the Fallout video game series. And I like how it deviated from history to create a rather unique future, such as the 50 states disbanding, semiconductors never being invented, or how the 1950s aesthetic never went out of style. I was wondering what some of your alternate history fiction that you like to dive into is. And you'd mentioned about the man on the high castle. Yeah, I I mean, just uh, that comes right to mind. Um, Yeah, man in the high castle was fascinating, and of course, it's a Philip K. Dick Mm -hmm. book. um, So Philip K. Dick did a lot of alternate history type. That's what his his specialty really was. And uh, and yeah, so okay, there's there's one, guys. I feel like a lot of steampunks that way, like that alternate type of future due to deviations it's is, current day but yeah it's, it's current the, day but the it's victorian still, uh, style didn't go out and uh bioshock's a little bit like that and i think i was talking to you about it uh how it it's a for those that don't know bioshock is a game where they were worried about fallout from the wars and everything so they built a city under the sea uh, called Rapture, and that 50s aesthetic kind of just stuck in it's that because so it was pretty. like capsulated in time, basically. And then you, you have to try to not die throughout the game. <laughs> and then there's these things called Big Daddies that are really scary. But um, <laughs> but that's kind they of that are. way. I have played just enough. Terrified. <laughs> and the little I've sisters. The little enough. sisters. The little yeah. sisters are horrifying. Yeah. And like, it's so weird how creepy the 50s were. It's really really creepy yeah i can i can see that Says yeah. anyone who saw mad men right? yes. <laughs> yeah art the art deco libertarian mm-hmm. nightmare that is bioshock yeah it's pretty pretty interesting man in the high castle aesthetically i have to say that's some of the most disturbing it's it's a did you see it 
Okay. I saw some of the art direction. I, mean, I, I did want to see that. That's that's it's, on uh, Amazon, it's Ridley Scott. Correct? Isn't that so? You, yeah, it's, yeah Amazon. it's on Amazon Prime. It's on Amazon yeah. Prime, and it's Ridley Scott. So you had me there. Um, yeah. uh, but aesthetically, there are some. I mean, the whole concept is kind of horrifying. But then, just there are some. There are moments just aesthetically that are terrifying. Right. Just, and, and, yeah, and what Chris Moore brings Without up is, is great. I think I love oh, the idea that yeah. if, if something, the, if, the, if the whole idea of Man High Castle is that World War II was won right. by Nazi Germany. And, and yeah. I love the old, the old the Sliders episodes. This, this, remember the show Sliders? Oh, sure. Where yeah. basically they would go to alternate universes where something might have been different. Mm-hmm. And I love that idea of it's just one little thing was not done the same way as it was in current. So I, I just love that kind of, uh, that kind of fictional what if the, something mm-hmm. had happened? The fringe, the alternate. I really like Anno Dracula. Am I the only one who's read? I don't know what that I is. I don't know what that is. So it's, uh, it's an alternate history story where the idea is that the end of Bram Stoker's novel is not correct. Like Dracula escaped um, and he came back and became the prince consort to Queen Victoria. So vampirism is... Uh. Well known, above board, and is actually a sign of moving up in Victorian society. And since you're talking about the so sun never it. sets on that empire, mm-hmm. that's basically the world. Nice. Yep. And the the author uh, did some other novels and short stories along the way where um, uh, he did one that I think was just called Dracula because it, it was uh, uh, a riff on Apocalypse Now, except that the, the movie is about Dracula instead of about Vietnam. But it's all the same. Like, if you know the history of that movie, it's total snake bit production, mm-hmm. just, like, on multiple levels. Uh, so seeing that but applied to this, this the Red Baron turns out to be, like, he just did, he just jumped forward in time from there. But Anno Dracula is the one where it starts, and it's uh, absolutely fascinating. Not the least of which, if you're kind of a vampire media nerd, you will pick out they they reference Blackula, they reference uh, yeah. Chinese hopping vampires like Mr. Vampire. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he just drops. I think I forget exactly in what terms, but Varney, like there was one, there were two vampire novels that were hmm. famous before Dracula. Mm-hmm. One of them's uh, Lord Varney, and anyway, so yeah, recommend Anno Dracula. Dracula. And, mm-hmm. Do you know the as in in name? the year of Dracula being that being oh the, Anno Dracula okay uh, Anno Domini yeah. okay. It's okay. I Keep talking. I'll Google it. No, I well, should and, know. But. And I, I was thinking, you know, it's. It, I mean, even this new Pixar movie that just came out, The Good Dinosaur, is based mm-hmm. off of what if the asteroid that hit, allegedly hit Earth that destroyed the dinosaurs? I still hold that one because I don't necessarily believe that's what happened. But anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but uh, if it didn't hit, if it didn't, the asteroid had missed Earth, and now you know humans and dinosaurs together. So, you know, that's that's a common trope uh, that, that I, I kind of enjoy things I really enjoy and it's starting to happen a little bit more at least in gaming is the use of history like a lot of there is oh, Assassin's sure. Creed uh, had like George Washington and a lot of other historical figures I can't remember their names right now but that's one of the things I I'm like vamp uh, Abraham Lincoln vampire hunter where they're using historical uh, yeah. characters and like really making them interesting there's a Hamilton play yeah, uh, it was. Yes, guy, there is. Uh, yeah, that came out. On NPR on that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And, you know, that's one of the things that I'm really enjoying. And it really motivates you to learn about history because the best way to not repeat history is to know sure. what happened. There's... And it's really motivating a lot of young people 
to learn about history because um, in one of the Assassin's Creeds, I can't remember his name, uh, the French guy. In, Jean Lafitte? In, he, uh, Lafayette. Lafayette. Lafayette is in... Um, oh, is in uh, Assassin's Creed, and he's such a cool character. You're like, I need to know more about this guy, and he's real life, so you get to learn all about his life and all of what he did during the Civil War and everything. And I was like, what? The French help us? So there are people that don't know the French. You came mean the Revolutionary with the, War? With the, yeah, There's during the Revolutionary War, yeah. Revolutionary War and yeah. helped us out with their navies. Well, and that's what I think. You know, the, the interesting thing is, uh, and Becky, we, you know, when the these history things come out. It's big, but when these science fiction shows come out, it really kind of pushes kids also toward wanting to learn more about science. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and that's why we're wanting to kind of capitalize on things that might be popular, like Hunger Games and Star mm-hmm. Wars sure. and uh, Harry Potter, and um, be able to make those connections and, and help them take an interest, something that they're really passionate about, and show them how um, we're doing uh, things that they might see in the movies right now, what the real world connection is, because sometimes um, people just don't realize that we actually are on that level or we're approaching that level. The science is sure. a lot further um, than maybe has reached the general public. And uh, so we want to make those connections and then just help people to get excited about um, thinking scientifically by doing something that uh, they enjoy with a theme that they're engaged with. And a lot of times, uh, the things that, especially with my, I have a seven and a nine-year-old, a lot of the things that they're interested in and they think is cool, they don't know is science. Mm -hmm. And so they're like, oh, okay, that's science? That's That's cool. Because, like, I mean, my daughter's still fascinated by the electric static in her hair that makes it, you know, rise. I'm like, well, you know, if you you can make that and you can turn it into this and you look, you can see it when you touch other people. That's what a shock is. And she will rub that balloon on her head Mm -hmm. all day. Uh, <laughs> and we, we want to do that. We want to change the dialogue from, mm-hmm. well, I'm not a science person or I just don't understand science to, no, everyone is a science person. You, the way that we experience the world by uh, being curious and trying to explore what's going on, that's what scientists do. And you just have to mm-hmm. not not, um, not be afraid of that. It's and okay kids are natural experiment. scientists yeah. anyways. Yeah. They yeah, always they really are. are. Breaking everything. Mm-hmm. We're going we're gonna to end up our show here. But first, uh, did you find that author? I did. It's Kim Newman's okay. Anno Dracula. Kim Newman. Kim Newman. And Newman. then there's a whole bunch of other ones. Bloody Red Baron. Dracula Cha Cha Cha. There's that. Very I mean, nice. you know, there's a whole bunch. They're excellent. They're I just, recommend. Yeah. And so that's our show. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Okie Geek Podcast. Also, we'd uh, like Chris, please send us an email. Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we've also got a Facebook page. You can make a comment there. We're everywhere, people. We're everywhere. We are everywhere. We're and we thank you interwebs. for your email, Chris. And yes, we just got amazing. a YouTube yes. channel that nothing is did. on there yet, but there, we will. We will have things Send on there. <laughs> Send us suggestions. Send us suggestions of what we, we should put on the our YouTube like channel. Crazy. We just It'll be crazy. created it. And as soon as we put stuff on, I think people then can subscribe. So that'll be kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, we're on SoundCloud. We're on Stitcher. Uh, also make sure and check out the uh, Girl Splained podcast, which has uh, been doing some really good stuff as well. Yeah. As uh, on, we hope on, to be enjoying Supergirl again soon. On the Maid of, <laughs> on the Maid of Might. Actually, I enjoyed the last last. Yeah, the last episode. one was really good. I'm happy yeah. about that. So we're I'm, also going to do a little bit of a format change. We're going to do a little bit of a format change over the holiday hiatus. We will be discussing Jessica Jones. But since that's a finished piece... We're, you we're just going to change the way that we... Oh, no, we don't care about spoilers. Listen, you come into the show, we're going to do a close watch. Be be prepared. There are spoilers. So I need yeah. to watch all of yeah. you. Yeah. Probably. Okay. Probably. Okay. But, but yeah, a little bit of a format change because it won't be that kind of ongoing thing. We'll, look, we'll get to look at specific stuff. 
There you go. And Joshua, where can people yes. find you on the World Wide Web? At Joshua Unruh on Twitter. Nikki? I'm at Retro Robinson, and I'm also on the Facebook page. You gotta know I'm coming. I to think you, it's right? like I think it's like your phone number. How you can't remember your own phone number yeah, like, every wait. time Nikki's like, "What am I on myself. Twitter?" I don't. I I I, I tweet sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me on the Twitterverse at Weva. That's W U E V V A. Becca, where can people find you? Um, I'm not if on you want Twitter. Them to. Okay. Oh, you need to be on Twitter. Yeah, I'm not. Twitter is awesome. But, but I, I checked the Science Museum it, Oklahoma Museum, Facebook is, page. Yeah, it's Science Museum Oklahoma on and, Facebook, and uh, Science Museum OK is the Twitter handle. The Twitter handle, exactly. Yeah. Science Museum OK at, at Science Museum OK. And mm-hmm. I'm at KOSU Michael C. Be sure and subscribe to this podcast. Also, rate us and leave a comment. Until next time, with Becca Bornstein, I'm Michael Cross. I'm Josh Unruh. I'm Nikki Robinson. And I'm Devin Green. Reminding you to keep calm and geek on. <laughs>